0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 152 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by BioStar US. Find them online at BioStarUS.com.
2: On today's show, we talk with JJ Tate, a prominent dressage FEI rider and trainer. Listen in. <laughs> I'm
1: Tigger. And I'm not Patty. I am Coach Jen, however. <laughs> we we booted Patty out early today, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> Tigger and Patty, both dressage enthusiasts. Patty being a professional writer and trainer, Tigger being a perf- a former Warmer. competitor, and now the chief cook, bottle washer, and scientist at BioStar US, you guys are both in Wellington, which is someplace you go every winter because yep. that's the place to be in the dressage universe in the winter yes and Patty took off early this evening because she had to go to, to the five star the five yeah. star so for non-dressage enthusiasts what is the five star that's the highest
2: level of competition internationally
1: in dressage I know in 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 various and sundry Disciplines within a sport. If you want to get to five star, which is applied universally to all Olympic equestrian disciplines, the fu- the star system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How does one qualify to get to a five star level? Do you have to get I scores? I think you have to have, to have a
2: world ranking. A
1: world. Ooh, that sounds scary. It sounds expensive. Um. <laughs>
2: Well, if you compete in some two stars or three stars and you place, that's going to give you a ranking.
1: Uh, so the ranking is dependent on place, place and versus money one. score. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I never Huh. Cool. So we are how many? About how many weeks into the season at this point as we record? Five <laughs> hundred. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we are about almost we're a little over halfway through
1: a little over halfway through and how is the season going thus far for tigger and biostar
2: it's going great it's intense as it always is um but it's very very busy as you might imagine
1: yeah yeah because are there a fair number of clients that you get to see every year but you only get to see them when they're in wellington yes yeah
2: a lot of them jumper
1: clients. Really? How interesting. Yeah. Sometime we'll have to have a chat with one of them. Huh. Yes. There is a universe. See, and, and that's something unique about Wellington for non Wellington folks. Wellington is ge- a generic term for the competition the Winter
2: Equestrian Festival. The Winter
1: Equestrian Festival. But they have show jumping, they have dressage, and do they have polo? Hun- or- oh, they polo have hunters, yes.
2: And hunters.
1: It's very urban there. There's no green pastures very and urban. Yeah. It is an intense place. All you have to do is show up and you can feel it in the air. It's yeah. very electric that way. Yeah. Um, and it's very
2: beautiful. I mean, in a uh if you wanted to, to make Disneyland for equestrians, mm-hmm. Wellington is kind
1: of you know the what it made me think of world. it made think of Country Club beautiful. It's all very neat and oh, proper and prim neat, and trimmed. Tiny, tidy. Yeah. And
2: yeah, I, I mean it's beautiful on that level. It's absolute. Some of the farms are just mind-blowingly beautiful. The barns are better than my house.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> but also, the level of competition is probably the highest of any place in the right. U.S. M- now, maybe California is on the same.
1: Yeah. Thermo- they, yeah, because they have the their winter same. circuit too. Now, do, yeah. does Wellington get? A high number of international competitors.
2: 700 horses came over from Europe for WEF. Wow. Biggest amount. Yep.
1: 700.
2: 700.
1: Wow. Well, our guest today, JJ Tate, also in Wellington, is going to be talking a lot about what's going on down there and what's going to be going on down there and what's been going on in her life. Rather inspiring, I think you'll find it. So without further ado, let's welcome JJ to the show.
2: So I'm absolutely thrilled to have as a guest on this episode, J.J. Tate. She is a well-known dressage rider and trainer, and she has been on a very uh, profound journey in 2021, I, I guess in, into, into now as well, um, and very open about um, her dealing with breast cancer. And JJ, I I know I've commended you before, but I'm going to commend you on air for the courage it takes to be so honest about that particular journey. Um, It's raw and even thinking about it gets me teary. Sorry, um, that's okay. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I think you have you have helped more people than you know, and will continue to do so. So, um, in light of that, um, the reason, one of the many reasons that I wanted to have JJ on Healthy Critters, is because. Um, I I was so affected by the Winter Olympics in terms of the snowboarders and freestylers and their camaraderie, hugging even when they didn't win, hugging somebody else who won and, you know, rooting for everybody to have a good go. And I was texting JJ and and I don't want to put words in your mouth, JJ, but we are all Hmm. of the same opinion that... If there's an area that we all could help this sport and maybe equestrian sports in general is compassion and empathy and understanding that every rider has their own journey and it's not perfect and it has ups and downs and it has a lot of disappointments and a lot of tears, but we've got to stop judging each other. Okay, I'm climbing off my soapbox.
0: I I love your soapbox, Tigger. And uh, <laughs> yeah, th- thank you for your kind words about my uh, breast cancer journey. And uh, profound is a perfect word for it. Um, it is earth-shattering and life-changing and um, a powerful, incredible experience that I am honestly feel really blessed to have had and have. You know, I really changed my perspective of like, oh, you're a breast cancer survivor. Like it's a past tense thing. Like you did it and now you're done doing it. And like, for me, it's been this like daily make good choices, make good decisions and live my best life every single minute, uh, Mm -hmm. that I get the choice to, you know? And so that's really had a profound change on me and uh, my outlook on life. And, uh, thank you so much for the positive, um, words, um, on that. And that's, also a little bit about like why you know i've been very open about it because i have always lived my life and had the feeling that the more you sort of bring something out into the air you kind of give it less power you know i mm-hmm. think when we talk about depression or anxiety or fear or <clears throat> regret or like whatever forgiveness you know anger like that really made me mad you know like whatever those deep emotions are i feel like we shine a little light on it and lift it up into the breeze and it will burden you less. You know, that's definitely how I grew up. And we spoke about everything. We're a very open sharing family and we all know what's going on with each other. And we openly discuss stuff. And, um, I'm delighted to, you know, have the opportunity to make, you know, other people feel comfortable to share their vulnerability as well, because, And as you were talking about what we kind of need a little bit more in this sport, you know, the word humility came to mind, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so much about uh, what you were talking about the winter Olympics. Like it's really hard what we all do, you know, as athletes. And of course, you know, the snowboard, you know, doesn't have spooky moments and lamenesses and problems (laughs) like our horses do. So that makes it probably a a tiny bit easier. (laughs) But then again, you know, the half pipe looks pretty scary, you know. And that looks pretty intense, you know. And I always remember, um, I've coached Allison Springer quite a bit at Rolex and I will never forget, you know, like we would do the dressage and that was always super exciting. But like the big buildup was always Saturday, you know, the cross country.
2: Cross country. And
0: I was blown away by everyone in the stable area. Everyone came back and they're like, hey man. You know, be careful about, you know, jump number 12. It's getting a little sticky out there. You think you want this distance, but make sure you ride more forward to it than you think. Like all these riders were like helping each other do their best. And I thought, wow, I'm so inspired by that, that all these top riders on this top, top level all wanted everyone to finish. Everyone wanted to have their best goal for their stable mate or their person across the hallway. You know, I remember, um, Mary King got back and Allison was like, Hey Mary, tell me something good. And It was like pouring down rain, right? It was like horrible (laughs) weather. And you know, Mary shared how it was running, you know, and of course every hour it can change because of the footing and the ground and the rain and whatever. But I was really moved by this sense of camaraderie and togetherness. And I, you know, really thought about that. Like, why is that? Is that because you know, you could maybe run, go out to the course and like not make it back because it's actually super dangerous. And like, because we don't have that high level of like danger aspect, like, is that why we all kind of stick to ourselves? Or is it this, you know, dressage is so like tight upper lip and don't show your feelings and, you know, you need to be elegant and beautiful. And so don't you know, I show I think any emotion.
2: dressage is a lot like figure skating in this Olympics. That's what really yeah. stood out to me, was it was way less like snowboarding in terms, not in terms of the danger, but more of the joy. Those snowboarders yeah. were having a great time. The freestyle skiers yeah. with their jumps and their flips, I mean, and they were just like, okay, I'll be able to try this and see if this run I get a better score. I'm like, wow, what a great attitude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we're much more you know, than skaters. I agree,
0: but you know what Nathan Chen has said in his interview on the Today Show? He was like, you know, I really focused on being focused in the present and enjoying every minute I had at the Olympics. That's and like awesome. four years ago at the Olympics before, I think he maybe like had a fall or it didn't go yeah, great short or whatever. Program did, not and then go well. and like this year, he was unbelievable and it was funny because he talked about performing from that place of joy and that being totally present in the now and really experience and allowing himself to experience the joy of the olympics of like wow i did the hard part like i got here like now i need to enjoy and soak in every moment and that actually brought something special and actually unbeatable into his performance. And I thought the same thing. I thought, wow, like we all need to take a little note, Mm -hmm. you know, from Mm -hmm. that of like, of course, we are going to be a little nervous and we never really reach our best performance. If we're not nervous, um, it kind of brings the adrenaline up and, you know, kind of spikes your brain into like, you feel a little bit, you know, everything, because the sensations all come a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So important that that happens, but yeah, you know, to kind of like keep that piece of like human humanity and being human, um, and, and not like just plastic. And you know, we practice so often like our patterns and our our tests, and it's like it's called a test, which actually already brings tension into it. You know, <laughs> yeah, everyone's good point. judging you. Uh, you know, and it's like we all do it because we love horses. Yeah. And we all know what everyone else has struggled and gone through and sacrificed, and I mean, blood, sweat, and tears, and money, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this, this, you know, um, connectivity needs to kind of come a little bit more, um, to the forefront. And it, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think at the top, top sport, I see it actually a lot more, yeah, than. Yeah. Like yep. in the in the middle tier, like regionally, yep. I feel like there's a lot more like, Ooh, don't don't take a lesson from that trainer. Yeah, like, these are my people. Don't don't yep. share yep. ideas. Yep. And,
2: or um, standing by the rail and seeing everything in this ultra critical light.
0: Totally, totally. And I feel
2: like just like the people
0: at Rolex are at the top of the you know top of the echelon of the sport, yep. like so many people down here in Wellington and we have a little WhatsApp group called the friends and it's Olympic riders, world equestrian game riders and like all the top trainers in North America. And like, we all kind of came together because we needed actually a place to like, Hey guys, you know, what do you think is the best girth? You know, and like we can mm-hmm. openly ask questions and it's been such a beautiful, that's really cool. of That exact thing that like, we need support, right? I mean, um, it's a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, stress and we're, we're all gunning for the same stuff, but like really at the top of the sport. It's really, we're all very close and we're all very, um, compassionate about everyone else's journey. And it's like really full of respect. And I think like, if we can help that trickle down to everyone like uh, you know the national trainers and the yeah. regional trainers yeah. and the young riders and that like we're all in the same boat and we all began this journey with horses because we we love that and we love the challenge it brings to ourselves to like better ourselves and part of that is to show you know humankind uh more compassion you know and it was interesting that saying that out loud reminds me of the podcast i did with stefan peters last year and he was like be human and be kind and i'm Mm -hmm. like i love that you know (laughs) and it's so true and you're like the top guy of our sport telling us to be like better people you know and that's so important
2: and i think we have a tendency in a question but i'll focus on to be more compassionate and kind towards our horses yep. than we are to our fellow stable mates and, um, competitors. And
0: to ourselves. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, but, and I think that, you know, also to ourselves, you know, I think about like my health changes I've made, you know, I finally have put my own self in the same category. I've put my horses, right? Like my horses want for nothing right oh you need a massage oh you need a massage like every other week like okay oh ooh, new shoes like I can't even tell you the last time I got a pair of four hundred dollar shoes that's never, right and that's like every four weeks you know and it's like oh oh you need a new new bandages or uh, whatever like Sarah plate you know what the blankets we got like you know the pro series three out there, you know, there's a magnetic blanket and the beamer, bl- everyone's got this stuff, right? And we're just like, and we go home and eat ramen noodles with a Coke, <laughs> yep. you know, and it's just yep. like horrible, you know? And I, I think that lack of self care and sort of like not respecting ourselves enough also kind of dribbles into how we treat other people too.
2: A hundred percent. And we can all kind of raise our game in like... And maybe it just begins re- with ourselves with, you know, having compassion for your own humanness, you know? You're not supposed yeah. to be perfect. and
0: patience. Yeah. Right, patience. and like patience. With <laughs> horses are perfect, such a right? good teacher like, of
2: patience. Man, they are the masters. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Masters. Right? Like, I'm still... I was just laughing this morning, actually, because I was like, i got a brightly young horse, and I'm just like, Relax, damn it. And it's like, okay, that like never works. But I somehow keep coming back around to that, you know, I'm like, God, am I ever going to get patient enough, you know? And I'm just like, this is an exercise in self-control of myself. Like we call it riding horses, but it's actually like, uh, you know, like get a handle of yourself, you know?
2: So how do you pass this on to your students? Do you, I mean, I know you have Team Tate Academy, which I recommend our listeners, You know, find on Google, join. Um, It's a fantastic way to engage with JJ and learn her insights and the insights from other riders all over the world. It's a great sharing place, an honest place, a safe place. And you also get a lot of good training and uh, riding support. Um, But how do we get that? that compassion, kindness to oneself and therefore your fellow riders. Do you do that? Yeah. In
0: I mean, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like we do that. Like I would say, like I have team Tate TV on Facebook, which is where I go live every Wednesday at seven o'clock and I call it wine about it, wine <laughs> about it Wednesday. And that was, um, <laughs> back when I was drinking alcohol, <laughs> I would have a toast to something. I would have a toast to some kind of growth, right? It was like, we weren't going to whine and complain, but we were going to like have a toast to frustration is normal and imperfection is normal and growth is hard and let's just open it up and talk about it, you know, and become, you know, um, Jane who owns the barn here in Florida, she's like, you know what you are, you're like comfortably vulnerable or confidently vulnerable and I'm like, that's really interesting that that's Boy, the that word that came up, you know, because I am just because it's like, it's the human condition to struggle. And yeah. it's a secret if someone's like, I don't have that struggle, you know, like, I don't think I look fat in my white pants. Okay, well, most of us do, right? <laughs> or am I good enough to be in this class with these people? You know, like, yeah. am I ready to go to this show? You know, and I do think we get highly critical of others when we in ourselves don't feel good enough, you know, and that's something to like everyone, I suggest like unpack that a little bit of like, Mm -hmm. where might you be responding or better yet reacting in yourself to be unkind to others? Because you actually, that represents something inside yourself that you're unhappy with. So it's so much easier to be like, oh, well, she's like this or he did that. And that that actually in myself annoys me about myself, and so therefore, like, I mirror it. I see it in someone else, but like, what does that tell me about me? You know, and I, yep, I,
2: that's very insightful.
0: Yeah, and I I mean, I talk to my girls, uh, my my, all my students, uh, the other trainers I mentor. Um, I do talk about it in the Team Tate Academy, which is something different from the Facebook group, but. Um, for us, like we really wanted to create a like-minded community. Like you said, like a really safe space to like delve into everything. You know, you get a weekly video of me riding with a microphone. It's 10 to 15 minutes, very short to the point of like, let's dissect how to do rain back. How do you teach rain back? What are the aids? You know, how about shoulder in, you know, um, exercises you can do to prepare for flying changes. Like we do like these training videos every week but then we wow. also have these like zoom lectures um we also have an uh, interactive um chat room chat that you can ask your questions we talk about how to manage clients we talk about how to manage our emotions at horse shows we talk about how to you know ride a shoulder in too i want to know, know how important. you juggle
2: all this <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i have a really wonderful support network you know Um, but it's a lot of practice, you know, I mean, it was really funny, like COVID hit and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't teach clinics. I can't go see all my people like everywhere and support them. And I, I love the idea of team, you know, that's why my business is team. That's why it's a team paid Academy. Like, I love the idea of belonging to a group Mm -hmm. of people who celebrate the horse and grow in ourselves the same way, you know, and, so, you know, it kind of, we couldn't travel. So I said to my husband, Richard, I'm like, why don't you pick up that, you know, pick up that iPhone and let's video. And I, I used to do it for my clients when they couldn't come and visit. I would ride with a mic and, you know, explain what I'm doing and how the horse is doing and how it looks different from last time. And oh, there you saw him react this way. And I just like talked them through it and they like, they loved it. And I'm like, well, hmm, maybe I could just ride my own horses and help people train their horses at home. And in the meantime, create this like-minded community where people feel safe to share the struggles because I have been in my own arena in Wisconsin, face in my hand, in my glove, in my hand, you know, like crying in the middle of my arena. Like, I suck. I can't get this. I'm letting this horse down. Like, am I ever going to get good? You know? And it was like... Oh, it was so frustrating, you know? And it's like the best thing, like Brene Brown talks about, one of the best things we need to remember is that it's totally normal. Like we've got to normalize that Mm -hmm. frustration, Mm -hmm. disappointment, or sadness when when they're lame. You know, I just did a lecture in the Academy last month about staying motivated when things like aren't great, right? It's like it kind of started like how to stay inspired when it's freezing cold And you you can't ride or like whatever, or like the horse is lame and you got like six months of hand walking to do or whatever, you know, it's like, it's hard to keep your spirits up. But the thing is like, if you've been in this long enough, you've had that experience. You've been faced with, you know, having to put a horse down or how you handle, um, you know, whatever. And I've got a lot of episodes on my podcast too which I'm going to interview you for exactly (laughs) Um, because people don't talk about it enough. Everyone just like, you know, kind of just sweeps it away and it's like, we've got to honor those feelings or they get a little bit bigger or you harbor them and they meld into something different, which does not serve you. You know, like during um, my post-cancer life, you know, I would say it, it is like, you know, Before cancer and after cancer, you know, so like AC for me, which is kind of, you're never really away from it totally. It's like a daily discipline of living well, you know, but it's like, uh, you know, we kind of just ignore a lot of things and you just kind of like speed by it or, you know, like, oh, that's not that important. And it's like little things over time build up, you know, and we've got to have really worked on like letting things go and don't sweat the small stuff, you know, like all those stupid little cliche things that
2: you I refer to it as my steamer trunk. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) That I have to occasionally go and clean out the steamer trunk and, and I do it with ceremony. You know, it's a, it's a real I like that. And I'm big yes. on fire, so I give it. I to was just fire. gonna
0: ask you that. I can't believe you said that. I was like, <laughs> "Would this happen to be?
2: Do you burn anything during
0: I this?" I do. Season? I love that. It, that is so. I I got a pile at home between uh, <laughs> my me, my my medical bra, which I'm not sure how that's gonna burn. But you know, it wouldn't be the first time people burn some bras. So you know, <laughs>
2: and I take the ashes. And I put them in a hole and plant something—a plant, a tree, Ooh, a bush—so nice. that I like that. Mother Earth converts it into something yeah. beautiful and better Yeah, but yeah. I love that. Really important to me. It's one thing to think it and say yeah. it, but man, you write it down, you ball it up, and you hit it in Anywhere. the fire yeah it's, yep it's it's
0: oh, I'm getting the chills with you talking about that I am <laughs> 100% that is a powerful ritual and it's like I've really worked on like you know letting things go like I've changed my diet radically I've changed my I'm working on changing my thoughts because of course that's hard that's the hard, <laughs> you know, but it's oh also my god like, it's ongoing oh my god it's, <laughs> it's ongoing like yeah forever yeah. you know but it's also like letting go of things that don't really serve you, you know. And I and recognizing love what that those idea. are,
2: because I I think that's kind of a, a tricky part. Which the horses and the dogs have mastered; they are true masters in letting go and not hanging yep. on to stuff. And we have so much to learn from them in that yep. regard. They don't get caught yep. up in the yep. foolishness.
0: Well, and just the I call it the white noise, yeah, like the the static in the line. they just don't no they just see it clear and mm-hmm. they accept it fully, and they they let it go and move on, yeah, as sad as something can be, like we actually um one of my clients just she has two dogs, and she just lost one of them Ugh. um to like a weird, random um a tumor near her spinal cord. So it was like a shock, right? And oh. so within like days, it was like, you know, she's not okay. And the other, like we were just talking about like how the other dog like knew it was time and knew it was happening and just accepted it. And it was like totally terrible and like sad, but it was like, beautiful in the way that the other dog who lived just accepted this fully and knew what was happening. And they, they just, they just they know.
2: Yeah. They know. It's
0: just, we could just learn so much of that. You
2: know, I, I, my, my oldest dog now had a best friend who is another Aussie and he unfortunately had a brain tumor. So we had to put him down and I brought Kimasabi. With with spirit, who was the one that had to be put down, and brought them into the you know into the vet's office, and they were both lying down, and you know we know the whole drill on. And Kimasabi K- was lying right next to his best friend. Yep. The moment the spirit left Spirit's body, kimasabi sat up, turned around, and would not look at him. And oh my goes, God! That's... Oh my gosh! I said, "Well, he knows wow. he's not there. Yeah, that's just a body. Yeah, that's that's not his friend." And, and right. I was so thankful for that gift. Yep. So incredibly thankful for what Kemosabe showed me
0: to witness. Right? Yeah. Exactly to witness that experience. Yeah. Of like, okay. He's not
2: there. Yeah. And we will remember him and love him and hold him in our heart forever. And that's where he's going to be living. He's going to live in our heart. um, He lives on in our heart and our memories. But he's not. And love, which is like
0: everywhere. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's powerful. That gave me the chills. <laughs> <laughs> I mean sad, right? Like and it's and it's important to mourn and yes. be sad and recognize yes. the sadness.
2: Absolutely and, and
0: honor honor the sadness because you honor the life, you know, that they had while they were here this time, you know. Um but then it's important, you know. To, to celebrate you, to their freedom exactly. as
2: well. They're their their Yeah. You know, nothing ever dies, it just changes form. And
0: exactly.
2: I, I love that about living is that we're it's temporary. The body is temporal. You know, it's a vessel. It's,
0: it's a, vessel. a vessel.
2: And I'm looking forward to my new one.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're like, can we, can we, I vote, uh, we
0: come back? As?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, and it's just like. Light, energy, and love—you know—when yeah. you really feel that and see that in everything and everyone. I mean, some people call it like seeing God and everything, or the universe, or uh, the great divine. You know, I've gotten a lot of energy work uh, after my cancer diagnosis, and it is powerful things.
2: Powerful,
0: powerful things.
2: That's what I love powerful about the force. the force to me is an absolute truth it is the light that's what the force is I love that that's why I'm such a Star Wars fanatic um, <laughs> I totally um, get that though I, yeah. that. I would like to imagine <laughs> myself as a, as a Jedi in training <laughs>
0: yeah, well exactly right I mean we're put kind of on this earth to have these earthly experiences and to grow, and be in training,
1: yep. to become better and yep. to be a
0: better example. And sh- like you think about these incredible people, um, the Dalai Lama, or like other oh, monks, yeah. or like you know or whoever in your life, is. really great yeah, Exactly,
2: and you and don't they, know their and names, they, and they they don't. You know, they, there's not a lot of fanfare around them, but boy, when you meet a true healer, it's mind yeah. blowing
0: And it like their
2: humility, their like,
0: humility. Yes, and and kindness and love, you know, yep. and joy. Yeah, and that's what's like we have to bring that. You know, it's I know we all get like really focused on the goal and the achieving of something, but it's also like thinking about what are, what is this. Feeling You are looking for, you know, by achieving that goal, you
2: know, and I so ask many myself, times where you is the of, where's the light? Where's the light? Yes.
0: It? Yes. I love that. And, and like, what, what in love is this for? You yeah. Know? And so like, for me, like, love for my other competitors and like love for my horses, I want to honor their love for their horse. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh that's so much also about um being patient with other people too. You know, it's like you sometimes see, you know, like when you think about like well how can I be compassionate about that guy when he rides <laughs> like, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. I i certainly have said that to myself in the oh, me, and the oh like, me
2: too more times. Right, than but I then that's
0: like the challenge of like love him anyway. Mm-hmm. Love him anyway and and love uh, his difficulties he's had in his life that has led him to act like that. And, 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 you know, pray for him that he can find a better way to be, you know? And, but that is also just like, you know, like just acceptance, you know? Yes. Of That's everybody. huge.
2: Yep. That, and an acceptance of self, you know? Yeah. We're not yeah. perfect. No, and no one's, and there. that's Even okay. If people, and
0: that's what's hard with. That's normal. And what's hard about Facebook is that, like, oh, I hate Shiny and perfect, right? It's like Ugh. everybody puts their best face forward on on Facebook. You know, to me, and Facebook it's like, that's is why,
2: that's that is the empire. It's Darth Vader <laughs> and the stormtroopers. <laughs> well, right, and
0: that's why, like, for me, I'm like, well, I'm bringing realness to Facebook because I'm like, people aren't Which talking about this. And this is not, this is, that's not real. Like that is not real that, you know, it always, everyone wakes up and it's a great day. Like sometimes it's not a great day. Sometimes things are hard and some things are frustrating. And then sometimes you lose your patience. And then it's like, you know, how they always talk about like, it's not who you are when you're winning. It's who you are when you lose. Yeah. Like that's the test of a true character. And so it's like, we all have tough days. And, and who are you when that happens? And that's where that growth, you know, mm-hmm. um, should happen, you know? And I talk to my students a lot and my, my, uh, trainers, I mentor and, you know, my, uh, almost 800 people in the Academy. It's like, have a Grand Prix mindset. Like what's your Grand Prix mindset, you know? And then it goes into like, it's all about growth and it's all about, um, self-awareness and, and kindness towards Yourself and then kindness towards others, you know, and mm-hmm. um, to be brave and say when people ask you how you are, you know, be like, you know what, I'm having a difficult
2: time. Yep.
0: And I mean, I've, I need I've some said, compassion you know, right
2: today. Now. Sucks. <laughs> I've learned I'm having to
0: a hard time. Tonight. Lay it out.
2: Don't yeah. sugarcoat it, and that's a release well, and in and of itself. To be honest about Completely. it, yeah. I'm having oh. a...
0: Exactly. exactly. I had one Wednesday um, over the summer where I don't feel sorry for myself very often, but I was having a day and I was oh, looking at um, some pictures that I was in my office at the barn and I was going to go live on Facebook at seven o'clock on my team Tate TV. And I'm, I was in my office and I'm just, I was overwhelmed. I was talking a lot with the doctors and I didn't know if I should do radiation. Like I had, like they let oh, me make these decisions, God. which was like amazing. Like, yay. Thank you. You're not driving and making the decisions for me. So that's good that like my diagnosis was not like, no matter what you've got to do a double mastectomy, right. chemo, radiation, blah, blah, blah. you know, it was like, you definitely need, you know, and I decided also to go ahead to do the double mastectomy. And then I, um, got to choose about the chemo and choose about the radiation. And that's like, I'm like, based on my experience I've never had cancer before and hopefully never again, but like, I don't know. So I was in this like real state of anxiety and I didn't know. And I'm sitting at my desk thinking about what am I going to talk about in my one about it Wednesday it when I'm like, Sobbing in my tack room, you know, or in my oh,
2: office, JJ.
0: and I'm and I'm looking at um, this picture, and uh, my dear friends Allie Brock and Casey Perry Glass and I through the Brook USA, which is a nonprofit, five hundred one c three, amazing charity that we help uh, third world countries uh, with donkeys, horses, and mules, and we like support them so they um can support the people and it's like this amazing it's, the Brook USA is amazing. So anyway, we went to Guatemala and we we did like a uh, we did a trip and I'm looking at this picture and I'm like, oh you know Allie just had her baby and Casey's gonna have her baby soon. And I have cancer. I'm like WTF, you know what I mean? And then it was like yep. it was not my path to have kids this lifetime and I don't regret that, you know, at all. But I was like And I have cancer. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I wanted to go to the Olympics. And I got cancer. You know, and it was like right in that time where, like, the unknown was, like, freaking me out. And, you know, I I said um, to my Facebook group, I'm like, you know, guys, uh," and there's, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 7,000 people in there or whatever. And I was like, I can't go on tonight. I'm not okay. (laughs) And I'm like, and you know what? It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know, and so then the next night, you know, um, and I cried it out and I felt a lot better because the release is important. Yeah. And so then the next night, you know, the conversation became, hey, let's talk about not being okay and how you how you need to deal with it, oh, that, you know. What a it's gift. okay to feel that what, way, yeah. you know, and it's it's part of life.
2: Yes, it is. So so JJ, before we go. You are involved this year in the Challenge of the Americas in more than one way. You're doing a pas de deux, um, yep. and you're in a quadrille, and what what for our listeners, Challenge of the Americas is the one big thing the dressage community does in Wellington once a year to benefit breast cancer research. And it, in my opinion, it's the best night of the whole season (laughs) because it is
0: pretty epic. It's,
2: yeah, it's, it's so much fun and the quadrilles are so different from, you know, watching a regular Grand Prix test or Grand Prix freestyle or a special and everybody is just really up for it and everybody really is behind breast cancer research. So, I, I mean how are you feeling about this being well, such a major it, part of it I, this year?
0: Yeah. I mean, and it, it was funny cause it was always something that like, you know, Mary Ross always calls and asks me if I have a horse. And, uh, I think I've ridden in it maybe three other times. Um, and it's always been a blast and it's been a fun evening. And, uh, we used to do it over at the IPC and yeah. international polo club. And now we do it over at global, which is amazing that the dressage, um, community has really like grabbed onto it like it's amazing uh and you know it's always been like just amazing night you know everyone's in costume and it's exciting and then like horses that aren't used to going on the lights (laughs) every Friday night under the lights kind of the same people right so you kind of like you know it's like not that interesting you know after a while and um this year uh, it's really special because not only am I on Team BioStar, yay, and, yay! Team BioStar it's the best team. We're gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Um, not only you know is that a blast to uh, be on a team, but also I'm doing a pot to do with Shannon Duick because. Um, I just had this like great idea because I relied on Shannon a lot during my diagnosis and like, you just, there's just so
2: much unknown. So she, you're just, she's like, a breast cancer survivor too.
0: Exactly. And yeah. she also did a double mastectomy and was competing very soon after. And like, she's amazing. Right. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I would like my experience to be like that. Um, Lisa von Martels was also, um, an amazing Mm -hmm. support for me. Um, Helen Sandman, incredible, incredible women who like behind the scenes really came, uh, and, and reached out and then became like pillars of confidants for me and, Mm -hmm. and huge inspiration for me. And so I was uh, thinking about the, the challenge of the Americas this year. And I said, Shannon, I think we should do a party deal, you know? And we have like amazing music and everyone's going to laugh and cry and cheer. And it's going to be a great way to open the night. Yep. And then of course, all the top Grand Prix riders are on the team. Um, and so where in the world is there ever like multiple Grand Prix freestyles with <laughs> quadrilles yes. of like six Grand Prix horses yeah. with six good Grand Prix riders
2: all and right, five amazing. teams that's 30 grand prix, five goals. teams that's amazing, <clears throat> and it's amazing, it's
0: pretty cool. You know, this whole organization of this play for pink, um, all the proceeds go to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, which I will tell you, I mean, the research saved my life, it not only saved my life, it has saved thousands of people's lives because. Breast cancer is a totally different experience than it was even five years ago, which is not that long ago. And, you know, we have to keep, again, like that commitment and that um, sharp focus on raising the money for the research so that in another five years, it's another different, total different experience for the next person who will get, you know, one out of eight women get diagnosed with breast cancer Yikes. so and and men too there's a small amount of men but I mean your your mother your sister you know we're we're gonna yeah. ride to um Melissa Etheridge's uh song I
2: love that I, I, I
0: run for life
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: so it is like I I run for your mother your sister your daughter your wife and it's just like because it is kind of like epidemic proportion of breast Mm -hmm. cancer. The amazing thing is like this early detection is, is life-saving, you know, but then it also like the experience I had because of this research, it was like, they started to talk about, well, your cancer, like my personal specific cancer, which is amazing. Right. Like, Like it becomes this very personalized, you know, after surgery, you get your tumor sent off. You get something called an oncotype. They test what are the chances of this, this particular cancer that came out of your body? What is the particulars of that? Where and when? What are the chances it's going to come back? What is the chances it's going to come back metastatically? What are the chances, you know? And then you get to figure out, do I need chemo? Do I need, you know, um, ovary suppression? Do I need... Um, just radiation, you know, and you get this very specific, personal to you um, recipe, you know, for for success. And you know, it's important to always stand up for yourself and recognize your worth, and ask the hard questions, and talk to your doctors. And if you don't like your doctor, get a different doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, like really stand up for yourself, and again, like have that self-respect and self-love to care for you because you're the only one you really got, you know, when you yeah. go deep into those dark spots to heal yourself and come out of a big surgery, I mean, it's you and yourself and that's it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, we all get by with a little help from our friends, you know, I mean, I have a wonderful, amazing support network too, but that's what's so beautiful about the challenge of the America is like the whole sport, you know, really comes together yeah. um, because it it affects it affects so many people. So we're really excited. I'm just honored to be on your team, Tigger. Oh, and it's, uh, it's just gonna be. I'm have so, so, best. so happy music to have it's you be so on hard. Team BioStar
2: okay. because your story it just so inspired. I'm sorry, you have to have the story, but it so has inspired me in so many profound ways that I, I can't almost verbalize. But um, you you have brought me personally a lot of um, awareness and I, I'm really grateful. Thank you.
1: What a f- cool, cool conversation with JJ. She just bubbles over. I kind of got goosebumps here and there.
2: I I I love talking to JJ because she can talk on so many different levels but so honestly.
1: Yeah, I love I loved her phrase irritatingly positive. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. And s- such I loved hearing about her experience early on in her diagnosis of kind of hitting bottom a little bit and mm-hmm. feeling like I just cannot continue. I cannot continue. And being very upfront about that with people who basically are a lot of perfect strangers. Yes. They're it's a community, but they're not people that you genuinely know. And it's no. hard enough to share that kind of thing with people you know well, much less with the world at large and and there aren't very many people in the universe that are able to trust humanity that much. <laughs> I I after that conversation I I sat back and said Gosh I got to do better.
2: <laughs> I I just felt I was so inspired to, you know, go back through my steamer trunk, um, and keep pulling out what no longer serves me. Yes, you know the resentments, the the negative thoughts, the beating up on myself ourselves.
1: And yes, and and to. I like, I like your method of
2: my ceremony, your
1: ceremony. I like your ceremony. I have to record that separately with you sometime and I want to put it over on horse tip daily. Because oh, okay. It genuinely is a useful, valid <laughs> tool for yeah, so many things in your life. And, yep. and it, it, it really resonated with me. One of my favorite TV shows to watch is it's all in reruns now. Well, mostly in remands, a thing on on British television called Time Team, and I've
2: never heard of it.
1: It's archaeology. They would they take their little team, oh out wow, and they have three days to evaluate a given site, and they do whatever they can, and it's always an evaluation process because an ar- a proper archaeological. Dig takes years and, if not decades, but they do evaluations. They'll go to a site and then they say the aerial photograph indicates that this probably has a Roman fort. So they apply all these different scientific techniques and they dig some trenches and they decide, okay, uh, yes, it's probably a fort and yes, it was occupied during the third century, that kind of thing. But anyhow, whenever they do prehistoric sites, They talk a lot about the ceremonies that they believe were involved in life in prehistory, like the Bronze Age Mm -hmm. and the Iron Age. And I I use the word think on purpose because we really don't have proof. We're applying our 20th century point of view to the clues and archaeologies we find. So we don't know for sure. But the, it made me think of that. It, it made me think about how that process of cleansing yourself of something, something or honoring something by burning and creating new life from it, mm-hmm. plant a tree, that's as old as humans Yeah, from my point of view. So I just yep. got goosebumps again. So thank you for the inspiration. <laughs> You're
2: welcome. And it's so easy to do. Perfect. The easy part is the fire. The hard part is getting the shit out of your steamer baggage.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I really
2: want to get rid of that? I've been hanging on to that for quite a while. Yeah, that was, uh, there
1: you go. <laughs>